0: We all have big dreams. After all, how do you work to see dreams? Manifestation, don't do any
1: work. Hey struggle it's the age of life So a couple of years ago, I randomly stumbled across the profile of this very interesting neuro coach, who was apparently the reason for the success of some of the biggest names from various industries. Of course, I had to stalk her on Instagram and I loved her content because it was the perfect blend of science and ancient wisdom. She made the idea of self-mastery look very easy and achievable for anyone and that's exactly why I enrolled myself for her workshop. Safe to say, I was a fan of hers and every single thing that she taught us about how to hack our brains and make it work for us. I am very happy to be able to present to you this conversation filled with the monk-like wisdom of none other than Coach Saloni Suri. Hello, Coach. Hello. Welcome to Slow Down with Aastha, finally. And I'm so happy I could have you because I've been stalking you for a really long time on your social media. (laughs) I don't think I told you like many... uh, few years ago, I heard you speak at this networking event for Women's Day. And since then, I was like, wow, like, you know, that's when I <laughs> discovered you. And um, I want to actually, so it's very funny. Those who know I'm doing this podcast uh, ask me, oh, so who's your guest? What are you doing this week and all? And I said, she's this really amazing neuro coach. And everyone who has heard this has asked me, what is a neuro coach? Like they mm-hmm. think of it for some reason as uh, going to therapy, uh, going for therapy to a neurologist. But so I want to start by actually asking you to define what is your role as a neuro coach in someone's life. All right.
0: So thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for talking to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
0: So um, uh, simply put, uh, I have defined my work as something where I use a lot of neuroscience-based models of change, and uh, there is a very specific way that our brain works. Everybody's brain pretty much works in the same manner. So uh, I, I like to study that, and I try to follow its models. How is it working? So is it possible that we can actually devise a goal-setting plan for ourselves in which we are working Along with the design, a lot like if you drive a car, you have to learn what the brake does, what the steering is. Now, if you press the accelerator, no matter what, the the car is going to go in the front. In exactly the same way, in the brain, if you press a few buttons here and there, it is going to help you become disciplined. It is going to help you sleep on time. It is going to help you keep a habit, right? And you have to work at it every day. Right? So I started studying and I was a big neuroscience geek and I was looking, looking, looking for it. And I have a brain myself, which is the one which looks at proof points to be able to believe anything. Right. So I really couldn't believe I was doing it all my life. I didn't know it, but uh, I couldn't really believe in just manifesting. And you just think about it and, you know, things will come into your life and stuff like that. I needed a proof point. And I think that is what my entire journey was about in, in trying to find those hacks that if you do this, will this? Is this assured? Is it possible if you get up every day in the morning and you do a meditation, it's going to make you feel better? Okay, let me try it. And spiritual wisdom has always been a very important part of my life since growing up. And uh, more and more, I found that everything that neuroscience today is telling us, our ancient wisdom traditions have always known it. So a lot of my work involves in bringing the science and the spiritual world together. So coaching for me is about my clients trying to find a way and look at a possibility of tomorrow but there are two possibilities that we always have we have two options option one you can imagine the worst case scenario and you can keep slashing your wrist every day if you like mentally and the second option is in believing in opportunities and possibilities and every moment of your life you have to choose and the default network of the brain is to choose the worst case scenario because the DMN, as it's called, is a negativity bias. And the survival instinct of our brain tells us that uh, you have to protect yourself, you have to keep yourself safe. So anything that is difficult for you, your brain is hardwired to tell you to not do it, right? And I think the spiritual part of it is a very important part of my work. And uh, I spend a lot of time in studying the chakras, learning how they work. And so both of these are important for me. So rewiring your brain is something interesting, and meditation is something which is a very very key component of everything that I teach. Because in all the hacks that I have ever uh, studied, I've ever read, I've ever worked with, by far, meditation is number one. So I think that is what neurocoaching is all about. It's about you having the conviction to lessen the mental chatter in your mo- in your mind and try and see if you can put in some habits in place develop a goal-oriented mindset so that you can take a step forward it's all about the forward it's all about tomorrow I'm not interested in the past and I always tell my clients people who come from my workshops leave the past where it belongs it belongs in the past so leave it but this is very real for people who've had trauma for people who have, suffered a lot it's very hard to move from a place of darkness to a place of light but is it possible? it is possible so just give yourself a chance at least explore it at least try it I'm not telling my clients to make a quantum jump I'm saying you don't want to be a, a sprinter I just want you to run the marathon that's it Don't take sprints. You'll get exhausted. You'll get very, very tired. See, slowly, slowly. One habit can you install. Then can you stack another habit above it? Then can you try another one? Slowly, slowly. Declutter. As much as you can. As much as you can. Coach, my mind is wandering. No problem. Let it wander. Bring it back. That by itself is meditation. That by itself is you going into the brain gym. So if you don't go to the brain gym and you don't exercise it by the age of 35, we know that we become a set of memorized behaviors and we'll keep doing the same thing again and again and again. And that is the
1: trap. And if you fall into the trap, then you have to suffer the crap. You know, coach, in your workshop, absolutely, absolutely. I, You know, when I did your workshop, it was so different because I felt like the I love the fact that your focus was so much on building your future and not about dwelling in the past. And so for me, I feel the theme of the workshop was basically you teaching how to go from self-slavery to self-mastery. And, um, I, I really feel, I think one of the fundamental things that you focus on is your beliefs create your reality. And, um, Ancient wisdom has said that. Neuroscience has proven that. But there are still people who find it very difficult when they're in that space of being a victim to their external circumstances to believe, how can my thoughts, you you know, it's all about what's happening to me outside. It's because of what's outside that it's structuring my inside. How would you break that down for people to understand how your beliefs become your reality? Okay.
0: So the entire conditioning and the entire programming for the human brain, happens at a time when we do not have access to the analytical mind, which is the alpha and the beta uh, waves, right? Mm -hmm. So a small child in the age of 0 to 7 is largely operating on a brain wave, which is known as theta and delta. Theta is the gateway to actually being able to move forward with the analytical mind right so whatever you tell a child it just keeps on downloading information and all those files keep on just saving themselves i'll give you a story and i'll explain it right there's a woman and she has a small child the baby is two years old just started walking and uh, when she was small she was actually chased by a dog so she's very scared of dogs right She wasn't really bitten by a dog, but she was chased by a dog when she was small. Now, she has got a file which says that if a dog comes close to me, a dog is going to bite me. That is a belief, right? She's got that file. She never worked on it. She never fixed it. It has become stronger, stronger, and stronger. Now, she has a baby, okay? The minute she sees a dog, she holds the baby and pulls the baby closer to herself. Don't touch the dog. Don't Please, can you take the dog away? Don't, don't, Don't bring it closer to me the child has got no experience but the transfer of the fear from the mother to the child creates a belief that the dog is going to bite me and then you end up living your whole life on a belief not an experience the body changes through an experience so when the child is a 30 year old adult and one day the child is the adult is examining Why am I afraid of dogs? I'm always watching dog reels on Instagram. But I'm not, when I go to my friend's house who has a dog, I tell the friend to please put him inside a room. Why am I doing that? If you don't question your beliefs, there is no way you will ever be able to overcome them. So the entire game of life is to question yourself. When you question yourself, you will have to answer it right? We go with blinds through life. We just believe it. Our belief system gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So the minute this 30-year-old says, and this friend is a kind friend, and the friend says to uh, him that, hey, listen, you know what? My dog really cannot bite you. My dog is very old, right? And X, Y, Z. So why don't you try? Okay. The minute that boy 30-year-old, has said, okay, I think I can sit over here. Why don't you bring your dog out? I'll sit. He's feeling the fear. I'm not trying to undermine the fear. You feel it. And then the dog comes, smells his toes, and goes away. And he says, oh, I'm still alive. Nothing happened. That moment, Asda, is the breakthrough moment for that person. When they realize that, oh, my thought was controlling my life for the last 30 years when you face your fears when you face your trauma when you face and ask yourself just one different question and the minute you say it's okay and this is a good time to ask yourself okay what is the worst that can happen yeah yeah imagine these three scenarios and then go through that tunnel of darkness go through that tunnel of despair go through that tunnel of fear one small step. One stop. I'm not saying you spend the entire evening with the dog. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, allow your friend to bring the dog and you be in the presence of the dog at this much also of a distance for five minutes. Try five minutes. Next day, try 10 minutes. Next day, tell your friend, okay, I'm coming. It's okay if your dog comes to the door. Sully, slowly. don't jump because you. I don't want you getting traumatized. And this is the way you change your beliefs over time because your thoughts control your beliefs i can learn whatever i want whenever i want it is not a problem it's not a problem your brain the hardware is intact you just need to keep upgrading it like how you keep upgrading your phone so if you can upgrade technology why will you not upgrade your brain and that is the most important part of your body that is controlling everything the body takes messages on what it has to do from the brain from the mind This is the CPU. So you have to debug it. You have to clear the weeds because the weeds keep coming. It's like gardening. You have to be a very, very good gardener. What are goals? Goals are the curation. I want the roses over here. I want the lemon tree over here. I want the flowers over here. That's goal setting. It's decluttering. To say that, yes, I set the goal. Now the rose rose, uh, bed is going to be over here the wheat will come again. You have to go back and you have to garden every day. You can't just plant it and let go of it, which is where the journaling. You have to write down every day. What do you want? What happened yesterday? What are you in control of today? Because the more you're in control of, the happier you are. Our brain hates uncertainty. We don't like not knowing what is happening during the day. So our job, is to give ourselves certainty. Meditation helps to calm us down so that we can think. Journaling helps us to take control of the day. When you move your body, when the body moves,
1: the body moves, the, the mind moves. grooves. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. I'm remembering all of it. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: So the endorphins, the serotonin, and the dopamine has already been put in the first hour or waking up. So the first hour of waking up is the most important hour where you have to first connect with yourself before you connect with the world outside. right? Just one hour for yourself in the day. That's all that you have to do. Eight hours, go to sleep. Eight hours, do your work. Eight hours, keep for yourself. Eight threes are 24 hours in a day. You have eight hours to take care of yourself. Out of that, all that I'm saying is One hour, give to yourself. That's it. That's it. It's not so much. I take two hours. But that's okay. You can move around with your golden hour the way you like it. It doesn't matter. Right?
1: So you okay, so you've spoken about basically the pillars being I know you've coached so many successful minds from various fields which may be creative in nature intellectual business oriented and the tools that you tend to really believe in very strongly are meditation journaling goal setting which by the way only after your workshop did I realize it's a science within itself you know people think of goal setting as "Ha, I just need to know key this is what I want to do in my life but that itself is a science right um now you also are very spiritual in nature you I don't know how many people know this but you are an energy medicine teacher right at what point did you realize that these two worlds are in sync that the world of neuroscience because I know one of the most important things you focus about is having a connection with spirit with the divine being a very strong foundation for your own growth right when did you realize that these two worlds are in sync with each other and how would you like there are people who don't believe in divinity or they're atheists or, you know, how would you coach them in, in that manner?
0: So I feel that uh, I I never ask anybody to actually pursue their spiritual journey because for everybody, it comes to them at a different point of time in their life. So you can either change through pain and trauma or you can change through grace and blessings. Everybody chooses these two paths. The ones who have gone through pain and trauma, they will do anything and they will believe it with much ease. The ones whose lives are going well and they are beautifully, very, very successful, they tend to believe that everything that we have done in our life, I have done it. And that is where the ego begins to play little bit of a role. And surrendering to a higher force becomes a little difficult because uh, envy, ego, greed, jealousy are one of the anger. They don't leave our body very easily. And if we become very successful, we think that, oh, I did it all. And that is the biggest mistake to make. We are all students. We are all work in progress. A growth mindset, Dr. Carol Dweck's work tells us this that the minute you think that you know it all it's game over but if you have a mindset which is humble which is grounded which is real which says that this is what i know but i have a long journey ahead of me i have so much more left to do so much more left to learn my golden hour one hour i i i do my journaling i do my meditation one hour i study i study every day because there is so much more that I still have to learn. I do not know it all.
1: I, I'd actually like to ask you one thing, uh, which is your fo- you focus a lot on... Um goal setting and vision boards now for me even I was exactly like you initially when I would hear of these things like manifestation affirmation you know this will create your reality I had these friends who would make these picture boards where they would put these pictures of travel and say no no if I do this one day I will go to this country and all and I was like no this is not going to happen right a lot of people refer to these now what we call neuroscience tools as pseudosciences, right But what the brain is so intelligent, you said earlier that we're constantly picking up signals sometimes without even realizing it, right? What is it about this visual medium and seeing things that actually switches something in the brain and without us even maybe realizing it directs our energy towards that?
0: So uh, for information to go inside the brain, there are only five ways, right? You can either hear it, see it, smell it, taste it, or you can touch it. There is no other way, right? Now, the eyes and the neurons behind the eyes that connect into the brain are the highest. So many times when people eat food, they actually eat with their eyes. They're not even hungry, but they just eat it because it is looking so nice, right? The minute you shut your eyes, right, is when you can actually access the inner world inside. When you're looking at a picture in which there is a picture of, where you want to be digitally, right? The days of cutting pictures and putting it in front of you are long gone, right? We have moved now to a digital board. Now, the left and the right brain is wired very differently. The left controls the right, right controls the left. So on your vision board, if the, the left part, the right part of the brain, let us say, is the creative part of the brain, right? Now, when the eyes are looking, uh, it's known as a page three this comes from my uh, journalism and PR days and uh, Bombay Times, Delhi Times you always go ah your page three why page three because when you look at something you automatically look at the right hand side first that is the way the brain is wired so for example if you have a book right you will notice the title will always be on the right hand side it will never be on the left side of a page. So the right-hand side of your vision board has to have an idea of, okay, what is it that I really, really love? And if you have those pictures on the right-hand side, mm, it inspires you. The left is a work that you have to do to get to the right because the left is analytical green. You don't look at it first. When you look at the work that you have to do, oh, you will shy away from that. I want, I want, I want this, I want this, I want this. So you have to use that very cleverly. And in my vision board workshops, I always tell people, after you have done it, put music to it. Because musical memory and aroma memory in the brain is indestructible. And these are the only two things with which you can do time travel. No other memory. Use music to inspire you. Whatever song works for you. Whatever song picks you up. Listen to that song again and again. And attach it to a habit. Attach it to a thing. When I go there, I'm going to listen to that song. Right? Use the tools. So if you use the tools that the brain understands, and then you design a vision board, it works like magic magic because these are scientifically proven tools music always lifts you up always it breaks the negative thought pattern you immediately watch a a something a person telling a joke I remember there's a client of mine who was undergoing depression for a very long time and I asked her another client had mentioned I have a lot of these 25 to 35 40 year olds and there is a serial on netflix called the marvelous mrs mason yeah and she's a pretty positive lady you know and she keeps falling down she keeps getting up she keeps falling down she keeps getting up and uh, my daughter was watching and mom she said my god you have to see this one so i hadn't seen the serial but I, i heard a little bit about it and i told her that i just wanted to go watch this every day At your weakest moments, the most difficult time when you tend to go into a slump, when you feel low is between six o'clock and nine o'clock in the evening. That is a time where if you are alone, loneliness creeps in. Right. And I said, just watch something that makes you laugh because the kind of neurochemicals that you produce when you laugh is different. Again, it breaks the pattern. If you don't have the ability to install something new, which can inspire you to move forward, no problem. Just break the negative pattern. Just interrupt the negative pattern at least and do it with music. Do it with friends. Do it with family and do it with exercise. At least break the negative pattern. Go for a swim. Go for TT. Get a class. Go for badminton. Go for a walk. Listen to music. Watch a movie on Netflix that can inspire you. All of these tools work and these are fun tools. So if you use fun tools to pick yourself up, the probability of you getting up faster is going to be higher and how quickly you pick up yourself when you fall down will determine how far you will go. So I don't want you staying down. I want you to get up. Get up again and again. Because that is pretty much the journey of life. Nobody can give you a written insurance that, yes, if you do this, this is going to happen. Nobody knows. Nobody. Right? So stop walking around with a crystal ball, trying to predict your future, and just get going. Just get going.
1: Coach, you spoke earlier about the client who came to you with depression, right? And... In my experience as well, I feel like depression is linked very heavily to neurochemical imbalance, right? But of course, you are prescribed things like melatonin tablets and all of these things. Um, how, when, what is going wrong in your opinion? Why are so many people increasing? The, I, I love that you teach in your workshop how our body is and basically the sentence that you use that our body is the pharmacy we don't really once you know how to hack your body and make it work for you you don't need a damn pill from outside right and but so I, I don't like pills where are we going wrong with mental health what in your observation you've coached people who've come to you with I'm sure various issues in life some may be homemakers some may be business people where are we going wrong with our mental health
0: so I would say that when we stop listening to ourselves, it usually happens because the voice and the noise outside is so loud. You can't listen to yourself. And when you don't spend time with yourself, you will spend time with others. Others will stay self. And if you yourself are weak, and you are continuously getting influenced by other people, because there are a lot of ways in which you can get information from outside. And I would say digital media and Zoom and there's so much information. You don't have to be sitting alone. You can always occupy your mind with something else, right? So when you're using a distraction to not address the pain inside, that means that you don't know how to fix yourself because you're only distracting yourself yeah now the minute you put the phone inside outside and you just sit down and you ask yourself a question why am i feeling like shit you will have to answer it so one of the key reasons i feel that a lot of young people and older people are not able to cope with themselves is because They are not alone with themselves a lot. And when they are alone with themselves a lot, they're asking themselves a lot of questions. Why am I filled with love and bliss in my life? Why are my legs still working? Why do I still have a roof over my head? These are also interesting questions to ask. (laughs) You can ask this question also. Because then you will get a different answer. You will begin to fill yourself up. A small thing. I always taught my kids and I always... The the jaded question that is always asked to young children is, what do you want for your birthday? Wrong question. What can you give for your birthday? Ask a two-year-old that. What can you give? I don't have anything to give. Oh, you got hugs to give. Oh, I got hugs to give. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go give hugs to 10 people. Can you give hugs to... My God, I have so much to give. Yes. Here is a Padleji packet. Can you go give it to the liftman? Oh, yes, Mama, I can go. Yeah, it's your birthday. It's time for you to give. How awesome is that? Right? XYZ, Didi works in our house. Can you give Didi that um, uh, juice packet that you have, that you love? Mama, I want that. Ah, You said you want to give, no? We have to find 10 things that you can give for your birthday. Because when you give is when you get that. Is the principle, the reality, and the truth of life. You start filling yourself up because I'll say this slowly what you don't have, you cannot give. It's not possible. So when you can fill yourself up with love, with grace, with gratitude, with freedom, you will give it to others. No? What is the Mm. problem? You Mm. have it. Yeah. And give it to you. Right? There was a gentleman and uh, was having. Huge intimacy issues in his marriage and his, he had never been hugged by his parents when he was a small child, came from a family where hugging was not the thing. And in one of my reels, I think he saw that um, uh, oxytocin is uh, produced through physical contact. The skin is the largest organ in the body. The minimum requirement is seven to nine hugs in a day. In a day is the requirement from the age group of zero to twenty-five. The emotional brain only develops by the age of twenty-five. But there was no concept of hugging in his in his uh, family, right? Now slowly, 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 he's realizing. His daughter is now ten years old, so the homework that he had was that he just had to go hug <laughs> his. Daughter. That's it. This is the spinal cord. All our chakras over here. I said, put your hand on her back, left from bottom, from the top to the bottom. Just do this. You will feel better. He said, coach, that is my homework. I said, yes. Try and hug her. And she's 10 years old. He doesn't even remember when he hugged her. And the family is going all over the place. Simple homework. And she held on so tight. And I told him, I said, don't leave the hug. Let her leave it. You keep holding. Mm what I said yeah these two things you have to do go hug her and let her leave the hug first he said coach you won't believe it I still have that sms I still have that whatsapp message coach she just held on to me she didn't leave me I said how did you feel maybe she needed that and then we'll start from there I said can you go and hug your mother no 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 I can't do that I said okay fine no problem slowly we'll start slowly his parents did live with him they lived elsewhere. So he said, "Okay, I'll start with my daughter." I said, "Good job. Let's start with that." And they put a habit into place. So before she goes, <clears throat> before she goes to school, he's supposed to hug her. And these are called family habits. These are called family routines. Right? We have a habit in our family. Nobody's allowed to uh, leave the house without hugging, because you don't know if the person is actually going to come back. You actually don't know. It might be the last time that you see the person. Who knows? So when you become sensitive, when you become mindful of that fact that the only thing that you really have is the present, the generous present moment. So can you make every moment count? The way you will turn up in life will automatically, it will just change. Because you realize, oh, this is the only time that I have. So I might as well do my best. I might as well right? You begin to think differently. Mm. Your belief system changes. You have habits. You have little routines that you put for yourself and for your family, right? And I think that is what makes us better people. That makes us be more connected to ourselves within. And that's the goal of life. Who the hell am I? And what am I here to do? Ask yourself these questions. See where they take you. Right? Yeah.
1: It's so amazing because there's so many factors within us and around us that we need to take care of right from what you talk about family. I remember you were teaching us about the three most important relationships in our lives and even within us. And then there's so many things that go into just where your life is headed. I mean, who would think that, you know, goal setting and achieving your dreams has anything to do with your spiritual connection, your your familial ties, uh the way you talk to yourself, the what you see on a daily basis. It's it's such a it really is a science on its own. Um it's it's beautiful to understand. They used to say that this question that you asked me earlier
0: about why do you say that the eyes mm-hmm. are so powerful. Mm-hmm. In olden days, when a woman was pregnant, they always used to tell her, sundar bache ki photo laga ke, you should watch that all the time. And we used to make fun of it. What do you mean look at a small baby, uh, like a smiling baby? Yeah, yeah. If you look at a smiling baby, you will have a smiling baby. But the reason why it was done is because the eyes are the most powerful. This is the vision board. So that was their way of making a vision board of what you think you are going to have. Right? That was a simple way of doing it. Today we do it on the digital devices.
1: mm. <laughs> wallpaper screensaver (laughs) all of those
0: I have an awesome screensaver yeah it looks very nice I use the color purple and I use all of these Mm. right? right I I needed to use I am fearless when I was uh, I need to continuously because I have to turn up every Monday that's a habit that I've set for myself to make my real and I have to tell myself I'm I'm not genuinely a very I had this limiting belief that I'm not a very creative person. I'm more of a Excel sheet, PowerPoint person, which is why Canva is such a nightmare for me. So <laughs> I keep telling myself, I'm so creative. I'm so creative. I'm fearless. But if I don't have this narrative going inside my head, I will not turn up. So I have to hack it. So this is a very powerful tool. And you can make whatever you want. You can write whatever you want. Right? I keep changing it. Yeah. There are days when I need courage. So I tell myself, I'm very courageous. And that's where the journaling, that is where the writing, very important.
1: I love that part because, you know, I feel a lot of people struggle and they say, if I really feel ugly by looking in the mirror and saying, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm not going to feel pretty. So people don't understand how to bridge that gap between And I think a very important part which people should teach and which you have taught us is making it as personalized as possible. Like you have to relate to the statement. It has to interrupt the negative thought. It doesn't have to be the most positive thought and the complete opposite of what you're trying to do. But you have to, as long as you're giving your brain something that's believable, that's bridging the gap of what you're trying to overcome and go towards, I think. That is where the art lies, which is what people miss because they think that the affirmation is about a chaff. I'm feeling ugly. I just need to write. I am pretty. I am pretty. I am pretty. And like, you know, affirmations are generic. Journaling
0: is specific. Very, very specific about the day, which is where the RRFM formula. So if you don't get specific about what you want and where you are headed and what exactly is it that you are grateful for, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. Like I always say, the brain is Google Maps. You have to enter the destination. You can't say, I'm going to Kolaba. No, you have to say, where are you going in Kolaba? What is the name of the restaurant that both of us are meeting? Then you and I will meet. We have to fix a time. You have to fix the name of the restaurant. We have to do the reservation. Then there's a possibility that you and I will meet at the same time. Otherwise, let's meet in Kolaba on Friday. Hey, are we, you and I will never meet? Never. <laughs> so let's meet in Kolaba on Friday. Is an affirmation, a goal, a specific target. Let's meet at, name, a, name your favorite restaurant in Kulava. Leopold. Leopold. Let's meet at Leopold Asta on Friday at 7 p.m. You and I have a date. And we, right? That is what I did. because that makes things happen. Let's meet on Friday. Is Even, not happening. It's not happening <laughs> at all. It's a starting point. And if you cannot make a decision on whether you want to, if I cannot make a decision on whether I really want to meet you on uh, uh, at Leopold at 7 o'clock, it's okay. Start at least. I'm thinking of an opportunity to meet Asta. No problem. Write that. At least write that. At least get your consciousness to come to that level. Yeah. Especially with money. A lot of people struggle with money. There was a client I told. I said, okay, so you have to love money na, if you want to earn money. But coach, my business, this my business, that. I said, Lekin, but I don't need money. I'm very privileged. I'm very wealthy. I said, if you don't want money, why do you You join an NGO. A... No, 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 but I want money. I said, oh, so you love money? No, 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 I don't love money. I said, why will you say I love money? I'm a money magnet. No, coach, I can't say that. Why? Because she has been taught since childhood that rich people are greedy. If you talk about the kind of money that you have, you are arrogant. So the inner belief is in conflict with what you want. You have to love money, no? If you want to earn money, how will you do it? Money is liquid energy. Money loves speed. So you have to be very clear about how much you want to earn. Why are you doing it? Until thought is linked with purpose, there is no intelligent accomplishment. So money also requires, because this is one of the things that I find so many people struggle with, because they have been taught, you have to work very hard. If you want to earn money, tumko pata hai humne kitna kiya. these all create beliefs about money. Your relationship with money and abundance has to be very, very good if you have to be successful in business. You have to want it, right? So, that is also, I think, your relationship with love,
1: money, and sex has, <laughs> to, be, has
0: yeah. to be strong because these three are the highest frequencies. And if you start working on these, you're in a good place.
1: I relate so much to this. But I mean, also, I have a dilemma because a lot of parents tell their children things because they want to inculcate the respect for money in them. But then they say it in this way of, we are only middle class people, you know, you can't we have to go the extra mile, you have to, you know, work doubly hard if you want to break out of this strata of society. I think it's very important even for parents to understand the art of maybe how you inculcate the good habit without it becoming a belief system that the child takes on, which then becomes toxic for them to hold on to, right?
0: Look at me. I come from a very middle-class, humble family, Aston. Very middle-class family. So does my husband. We are Karodh today. How did we do it? We did it with grace. We did it with the diligence. The money was important. We took decisions in our life. It took us towards being so abundant today. But we were never like that, right? So the one thing that we always knew is that you can use your brain. You can work hard. You can learn things. The money was always an outcome. You don't chase money. Money comes to you. That is the polarity. But you have to want it. You have to want it, right? You don't chase money. Money will come. It's an outcome. But be specific about it. Be at least conscious about the amount of money you want. Hold a thought that money comes to me easily and effortlessly from multiple sources on a continuous basis. Hold that thought at least. That is the starting point. And then get down to the granular part of it. And it will come. It will happen. It has to happen. Apple seed, apple tree has to come. Lemon tree is not going to come. It's not possible because that is not possible how the world works. It never did and it never will. And that is a belief that we have to hold within ourselves. That is your character. That is the value. So you have to have your own values by which you will take decisions in your life. Otherwise, how the hell will you make a choice on what is this and what is that? You'll not be able to decide. You'll get confused, right? And as we say, it's always about the journey. It's never about the destination because what will happen tomorrow? Nobody knows. Right. It's all about the journey.
1: I love that this closes the loop because you, you spoke about polarity. I've learned in my life that you have to work hard and this is spiritual wisdom, but detached from the outcome to some, don't be desperate for it. Do your bit, do it a hundred percent, but then let go. And, um, I think a major part of I'm sure you have people who are like very goal oriented and coach this is my target that is my target and I used to be someone who was very metric driven in my life you know I have to achieve this and this is the amount and this is how it will happen but I think at some point everyone realizes that you have to let go as well so balancing act it's very hard it's very hard but can you learn it yes you can coach before I let you go I'm going to play a quick game with you what, what 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 do you mean? So I'm going to say a statement and you need to respond to the statement because this is something that people hear very often and okay. you can be as sassy as you want about this. So you're just not cut out for this job. Let's see. Okay. Who knows what will happen tomorrow? Let's see. Second one is, do you really think you can achieve that? I can
0: give it my best, but I don't know whether it'll actually be possible or not.
1: Okay. I need you to reframe this sentence. Now, this is something we parents, as I as just spoke about this, you brought it up and I was like, hey, okay, this is in my game segment. <laughs> we say things that we think we're trying to instill good habits or values, but then that leaves a different kind of a belief, right? So how would you urge parents to rephrase something like, um, beta, we are middle class only. We have to really, really work hard. This is the only way we can make money.
0: So, uh... Beta, here are a few options for you. And uh, this is the amount of money we have for you. And uh, we hope and we give you the freedom to make the right choices for yourself, which make you happy.
1: Okay, wow. And the other one is, please learn to live within your means.
0: So, uh, Bita, out of everything that you have, what is the one thing that makes you the happiest? And whatever it is, Continue doing that.
1: Mm. Wow. Never. I don't think I'd ever be so mindful. Very interesting rephrasing. And the last part of this game is now there are things we often say to ourselves. And uh, we don't realize how that sits in our brain. So when if we're about to say this to ourselves, please reframe how we can tell ourselves this. All right. First one is, um, this is never going to happen.
0: Try us Let us see what happens.
1: Second one is, what is the point of even trying?
0: So if I don't try, I will not know. So it's okay for me to become familiar with the unknown. Nice. If I have to overcome swimming, I will not know till I don't sit with my legs in the swimming pool. I cannot learn by watching on television, swimming. You'll have to go to the pool. To walk around the pool. Sit one day with your legs in it. One day stand. Next day, get a coach. Then go for one class. Then go for two. Then go for three. And try. That's all that you can do. Nothing else. Nothing else.
1: And your three takeaways for better mental, emotional and spiritual health in our lives. Three non-negotiables from Coach Saloni Suri.
0: (laughs) The first non-negotiable is a good night's sleep. Same time. Every day. Number two, watch what you put in your mouth. Take care of your food. Number three, move move your body. The body moves. Brain grooves. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) These three are non-negotiable. Non-negotiable.
1: Lovely. Thank you so much for such a lovely conversation. (laughs) Thank you you for having
0: me and I'm blessed to be invited by you and I wish you all the best in your podcast and I hope that it helps a lot of people.
1: Thank you so much. I hope so too. Okay, folks. So if you have made it to the end of this episode, then thank you so much for staying with me throughout this very interesting conversation. Please don't forget to follow us on your audio app and you can even leave a review for us if you're listening to this episode via Apple Podcasts. To know more about Coach Saloni Suri and her life changing online courses, visit the episode description. I hope to see you again next Thursday. Until then, take care.